0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Visual Div. I'm here with my co-host, Aline. How are you doing, Aline? Good.
1: You're, I think you're getting louder every time you do that. <laughs>
0: um, but I'm good. My, my, uh, my podcast consultants tell me to get nearer the mic and speak clearly and loudly, so that's what I'm
1: doing. They're telling us to not talk over each other the way we do all the time.
0: Yes, they are. See, I've I did a, a nice little pause there to you... Like... <laughs> perfect pause, <laughs> perfect pause. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna, I'm I'm gonna follow Jack's lead here, and he he does remind me every every week that this week we're gonna we're gonna talk about something super interesting called HTMX. I'll do a proper introduction in a minute, but. Um, Listeners, if you're interested in HCMX, keep listening. If you're not, have a great day. <laughs> anyway, how you <laughs> doing, Aline? how How's the off. week been? How is how has the week been? No, I, I know this not talking over each other, but you have to answer the question. How's the week been?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, busy, but good. I've yeah, just um, product keeping on top of the product finding. A few pretty major bugs, and just trying to keep on top of them. Um, one particularly big one is got to—I think it's got to do with the firewall of the user. So it's kind of hard to figure that out, but it's a pretty big, big issue because <laughs> there's there's some third-party software not not running for us. Um,
0: but yeah, overall, it's good though. We've lost you there. Oh, you're back! You're back. All right, we can cut that bit out. Well, my editing skills aren't that good still. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was talking. But you also read so we software. We'll have it recorded.
0: But you had your you had your daughter's first birthday, so you had a, a nice oh, yeah, day after cake, and that was that was nice. Yeah, hang out hang out with friends.
1: Yeah, that was it's, really um,
0: nice. Did you find um, Did you find that your daughter didn't care too much about a cake or a candle.
1: <laughs> it was, yeah, it was actually really funny. She had no idea what to do with any of the wrapped gifts. And she just stood <laughs> at the door when she woke up from her nap and saw that there was like nine people in her kitchen and was just like, "Who the fuck are you? And what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> was the confused <laughs> expression on her face. Um, But yeah, it was, it was nice. Like my sister came up and, um, heap of people came over i was so surprised with the amount of people that came to a one-year-old's birthday party on a thursday <laughs> but it was all it was all like done and dusted by like half five because that's what happens now people have to bring their own
0: kids home <laughs> the and keep to a
1: routine so yeah at like six o'clock i was just like oh it's, it's time to go to bed
0: well you realize that that's that's the parents night out is basically the afternoon birthday party is now the new parents night out so
1: yeah I suppose that's why a few people turned up a lot of people turned up they picked up the kids and after school or crash or whatever and just popped up to us Um, it was actually pretty funny because Maeveen had no idea what to do with the presents but all the other kids knew what to do with the presents and they were just like, just open the presents. And they were like, can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? You know, like almost elbowing each other towards the presents to try and get to them. And there's just, just something like they, they just go absolutely insane when they see a wrapped gift. It's like, it needs to be ripped open right now. But um, yeah, pretty funny.
0: (laughs) Whereas whereas when they get to our age, they sort of open it really carefully so they can reuse the wrapping paper for the next toddler party that they go to next week. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you were were also involved this week with um, being an agony aunt for myself as I was sending out uh, quite a few client proposals this week. And they had quite a few different... uh, interesting pricing structures to them that i was trying to trying to put together to cater for the different projects and um let's just say the whatsapp group that yourself and i are in with with ben um got quite quite opinionated and heated. and there's definitely going to be a need to to do a a full-on pricing episode sometime soon where we can really put the gloves on back you know gloves on again and and really debate the best way to to put proposals together for clients so
1: yeah like that's um, one that i'm i'm my my approach to that is just like keep it simple for me <laughs> you know i just try and, and i <laughs> basically just rinse and repeat stuff and and yeah we, we should do we should definitely do something on that because yeah we we have slightly different views on it because the the way yeah I just try and keep it simple for me so that I can get things out quickly and then potentially make iterations on if the client when the user the client comes back to you that's the way my approach is would it
0: but yeah yeah no you've uh, as the week's gone on I've definitely um, wished I took that approach but um, we're, all, we're all good we're all good anyway getting back to today's episode back in October So October the 18th, to be exact, uh, Bryant, who is one of the co-founders of Webflow, tweeted this really interesting tweet. And it caught my eye. It caught a lot of people's eyes, actually. It got 60 likes, which is, you know, fairly big, 21 bookmarks. But the tweet was, I would love to see someone explore the potential of building a Webflow designer extension that utilizes HTMX to create full-blown apps that's a bit of a mouthful and then add some attributes and boom you can perform an ajax and then he includes a video and puts a few other links there but i saw it and i thought htmx what the hell is htmx i googled it i found a page that talked about htmx but to be honest, it went straight over my head. I, you know, Your tweet was, oh, my God, this kind of magic makes me really happy. So today, <laughs> you're going to tell us why this magical HTMX makes you really happy. And maybe while doing it, you can enlighten us on this HTMX and how it fits in with the, the Webflow ecosystem as we know it.
1: I'm just going to start off with this, that I think that that tweet is as cathartic for me as finding Webflow. I think that that, that tweet is... Oh, oh, we're getting deep. We're getting deep straight yeah. away. <laughs> I think it's big. Um, the other thing I'm going to say is I, I think that um, understanding HTMX and Webflow is potentially a better solution than learning DevLink. Um, but, you know, very, very early in my exploration of, of the two. So all of the limitations of Webflow are because, not all of them, but f- quite a few of them, in terms of getting custom code and um, using other frameworks, is how do you get them into Webflow? So the DevLink solution currently, and I know they're exploring exploring how to get, React into Webflow is that you pull, you take Webflow out of Webflow and you deploy it locally or in your own framework using React. Um, When you're using Vue.js, you use custom embeds and you add Vue into the custom embed and it it does its job. And then we've got things like just uh, vanilla JavaScript, you either use it in the footer or the header, custom embeds, and then you use something like Slater or you use something like uh, the uh, uh, you know traditional stack with VS Code and GitHub, and you can connect the true APIs that way. So HTMX, in very simple terms, is, and the X stands for like extended HTML. How do you add more power to HTML? And if you look online, there's a lot of, like chat, you know, you'll see all these clickbait things like HTMX is the React killer, HTMX is this, but it's essentially a very lightweight JavaScript library that uses attributes to trigger functionality. And if there's anything that works really, really well with Webflow is attributes. We've got FinSuite attributes. We've got MemberStack that bases this whole product on attributes. There's other companies i think refocus have like a library of you know javascript library that is worked that works with attributes um so yeah like the the idea and of moving of understanding how an attribute is used and triggers something and makes our our websites or products do different things is uh it, it's something that c- comes not naturally to webflow developers because it's 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 more a part of this ecosystem and how we build things.
0: Um, okay. So, so, so what, but what, what is HTMX though? What what is it? What's like to the newbies out there? So HTM. So we, we'll
1: go. With, we'll talk about that tweet. So <laughs> HTMX triggers at the very uh, one particular level AJAX requests. Now an AJAX request. An
0: AJAX other than. Yeah, other than a football team, what is AJAX?
1: So an AJAX request is pulling HTML instead of data in the form of JSON. So you're pulling HTML from a deployed page to another page. A few years ago, Timothy Ricks did a really, really good um, video on how to use HTMX to give app-like functionality to your Webflow projects. So in very simple terms, a, an AJAX re- request is if you've got one page, like your homepage, and then you've got another page called your profile, A HTML or an AJAX request pulls that page on and replaces content on the homepage. So it pulls the HTML over and replaces content on the page that you're currently working on or using. So what it allows you to do, is one single-page applications. So a single-page application is is what React would do, is that you would have a template with your header, your foot, or your navigation, and inside that template, stuff happens based off of actions that the user does. But with React um, and, and view, you're sending data in the form of JSON, and that is then uh, finding an element, which is HTML, and doing stuff with that HTML element. With AJAX, the data is deployed to another page, and you're pulling that, that pre-configured element of HTML onto your, um, into your template. So it's a slightly different
0: way. OK, it. So... so.
1: You're pulling HTML, not data, into your template.
0: Okay so in like really simple terms you're, if you're on a page and if you do it, you take an action for example um mm-hmm. that action might trigger something on a server to to um to be carried out and when you refresh that page for example um that the new information comes back from the server and displays on the page but what ajax allows you to do is essentially access stuff from another page, from an event, for example, and without refreshing the page, it allows you to bring that, um, that element into the page without having to refresh the page. Yeah, essentially. essentially. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. It's not essentially, whereas, it. That's exactly yeah. it.
1: So the reason why this is potentially really powerful for Webflow is that when you publish a webflow website you have multiple pages that are um, deployed from the webflow server as as pages like the, the data is is deployed as HTML for us so instead of us having to work around how to turn that data into JSON or get into the webflow CMS API you can you can find that data and and use it. So it's, it it does a huge amount of heavy lifting for us that we don't, which means you don't need to go into like backend custom code or even use a client-side JavaScript.
0: Okay, so yeah, because I'm looking at the HMX sort of uh, explainer website and with that context, there's a, a little quote here, say, when a user clicks on this button, an ajax request issue an ajax request to a clicked and replace the entire button with the html response so what we're saying is there'll be some html sitting on another page on that that domain well it doesn't necessarily need to be on that domain i suppose it'll be on another domain doesn't
1: need to be that domain this is where i'm like super excited
0: (laughs) okay yeah okay so it doesn't need to be on that so there's a html response coming back and then you could you render that HTML on that same page that you clicked the button on, for example, and you don't you don't need to replace the entire screen or load up the entire screen. All you're doing is essentially loading up that little um HTML that you brought in. That's yeah, exactly. okay. That's pretty powerful.
1: That's it's amazingly powerful.
0: powerful. So and if you if you think okay, you but the HTMX thing is is su- super simple as well isn't it
1: it's uh, relatively relatively straightforward yeah um, it gets Com- compared
0: complex. to maybe say as you said like using a vue setup or a react setup it's it's a little bit more straightforward and you don't need maybe as many dependencies in the background as you would with a react or or a vue setup yeah, it is.
1: Well, instead of thinking of it as as less complex, think of it as it's adding functionality to your HTML. And for Webflow developers, we develop an, a UI and we deploy to we deploy HTML and CSS. So the UI that we have is it allows us. It allows for customization through, it just fits really well with HTMX because it's attribute based. And it just gives us that, it, it 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 is the, for a lot of things, it's very, very similar to what React would do. Now, I'll just give like a very simple example. You've got a navigation, you've got homepage, about page, profile, okay? When you click, on each of those pages, you can build out that product whatever way, normally the way you would in Webflow. You build out those pages. Every single time you click on homepage about the, the button, the whole page has to render. And that's fine. But what that does is it just means that if there, if you've got certain complexities that they also have to re-trigger every single time. But if you just if you can use a GET request that says it's get this section and replace it with get the about section and replace it with the home section, and what it means is that your header doesn't have to rerun or reload every single time, and that the the navigation bar doesn't have to reload every single time, and it's it, it just creates that that power uh, that that's there that's that you can use with something like react now it can get it can be very top level but it can get super complex you can start thinking of like having elements that only load under certain events if a user has done something true something like webflow membership like if they have booked a meeting then it can trigger a response that shows a meeting card, for example. And that meeting card can sit somewhere else in your Webflow project. For example, just we'll call it forward slash meeting card. And you can say, after this event, find this element and put it on the homepage or the user's profile, which you can do that with React and view but it fits much better with with, with
0: HTMX. Okay, yeah. So I I was just thinking, thinking, I wasn't thinking out loud. I wasn't making any noise. I was thinking in my head um, <laughs> was <laughs> uh, one of my clients um, has their LMS on a different platform to Webflow. So we use Webflow for, for all the marketing and then they have an LMS. Um, and one of the oddities that we have is that you can you can buy courses on the marketing site but it pushes all the transactional events you have to do on their lms site and it's always not there's there's a symbiotic sort of journey going on is that sometimes you you're on the marketing site and sometimes you're on the lms site but when you're logged in on the lms site you get this little sort of logged in character you get your little profile picture and your name and and then, although we make it look and f- look and feel as closely as possible to being looking like they're the same site, they look slightly different because as soon as you go back to the marketing site, where there's lots of information and articles and knowledge centres and stuff, it looks like you're logged out. And we 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 find it hard to to present that in a way that we can't say log in because they're already logged in. And if they click log in, it will take them to the LMS where they're already logged in. So. There could be an instance where we use this type of um, functionality to bring in that little piece of HTML with their logged-in credentials into the Webflow nav bar, so it always looks like if they're logged in, they're logged in, and it's just—it's amazing that it's even that's a simple, a little simple UI UX change um, that could be done with this type of functionality. It's.
1: Um so with that potentially it could but you have to remember that you're pulling the html over or you're pulling the page over so if you pull if you do something like that you you could be pulling more than what you bargained for
0: yeah okay yeah cuz that's it's that that sort of um let's call it a little html widget or whatever is um has got deep roots into the LMS app, I suppose. Um, but in yeah, theory, I, I'm, 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 I'm. Yeah,
1: in theory, you could target a particular thing and display that on your Webflow site. That's in theory that's possible, but the thing is, is you're pulling HTML over. You're not pulling CSS over, so you could end up with a, a funky looking, uh, something funky.
0: Uh, yeah, okay, because although with that HTML, you're bringing, because a class name is is HTML, essentially. So you'd yeah. have to align. Yeah, but you're not pulling the CSS. Align, then, yeah. You're not yeah. pulling the CSS file over, yeah. So unless it's inline styles or you, yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I get you. So what, what other examples are there where, something like because this this feels this feels like um not low-hanging fruit but it feels like a a, something that non you know because when when devlink came out i won't lie um there's a few of there's two camps i think the ones who got excited because they have exposure to react and they know the power of react and um and then the ones who are sort of like uh i don't really know what this means does this like is it only because i'm if i work with a SaaS company who use react maybe they want to bring some of their components in or but not really that excited about it whereas the htmx the way you present it makes me feel like it's something that i could use on projects that where i'm working with companies that don't necessarily have this big ecosystem of developers and it's built on react and all this kind of stuff and it's I can use it in the sort of safety of the Webflow environment without thinking too much about other dependencies or having it uh, run locally on my machine or, you know, those kind of things that the, the, the no-code Webflow process protects you from in, in a certain respect. So this so this feels like it's a little bit more obtainable from a functionality point of view, an understandable point of view than... Say using React or or Vue, would that be right, or am yeah, I maybe so the, the, simplifying the it too much?
1: The um, basic premise of of HTMX is to provide more functionality to to buttons, forms, and links. So if that that's what we have on 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 the front end. You get have get requests and and posts and pushes it's adding additional features to that. So normally we just use, like everybody has, not everybody, but a lot of people have connected a Webflow form to Airtable, for example. So that's sending data through a form over to Airtable. So in theory, you can reverse engineer that into Webflow. You can get that data from Webflow. You, not in theory, you can definitely do that. But with HTMX, you can get that data as HTML in in a in a way. So we're just—it's adding additional power to concepts that we understand: forms, buttons, and links. And the output of that a lot of that stuff is JavaScript, like it's JavaScript customization. Now the um, I had uh, I'll give you s- simple examples not instead of going like down this like it's react it's view it's all this it can I think it can do I think it will be able to compete with Devlink with um, in, in simple things limitations of Webflow. Um, having a CMS tab you can create a CMS-based tab sys, um, tab using HTMX, not a problem. Um, having CMS categories with CMS content inside those categories on one page where you've got like heading one, a, a load of data underneath heading one, heading two and a load of data underneath. HTMX can solve that problem. Um, CMS slider, I haven't I haven't built one out yet, but potentially it can solve that problem. So, so they're just use cases straight off. Like even for you, your current webflow projects, you can completely make custom, custom tabs, CMS-driven, custom. Um, What's the other thing? Uh, oh yeah, even nesting. It completely sorts out nesting. I, I was a, You can. I was deep about it. to say. You I can think, think three, four, four times deep with this.
0: It's nuts, because um, essentially, it's the the way a lot of FinSuite solve a lot of these problems is, you know, and HTMX is is JavaScript underneath the hood, isn't it? It is JavaScript, well, it's a JavaScript that's doing the, the lifting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but instead of the FinSuite attributes, else,
1: it's living in your HTML,
0: living in the HTML. But the just to kind of because we we you flew quite close to uh, like. CMS combined with functional uh, components like tabs or sliders. And, you know, you see like WebBay at the moment is working on a, I think it's it will be a Webflow app, which is going to be a CMS powered slider f- with the FinSuite team. And obviously they've got a really good record at bringing lovely solutions to limitations of Webflow and using attributes to do that. And mm-hmm. I suppose. What we're what we're saying is HCMX is is almost allow would allow us in more simple terms to build our own FinSuite slider CMS execution without relying on the FinSuite JavaScript. Essentially, it's 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 kind of similar, isn't it? Because you know uh, they but- they say okay, you've got to put put that CMS at the bottom of the page then it, ah, so that's going to be on the same page, whereas actually with HTMX yeah, you can awesome. have. So the FinSuite yeah, solutions,
1: okay. a lot of the times the FinSuite solutions, not all of them, but a lot of times you have your element that is going to have the content loaded into, and then you have your CMS content underneath that. And it, it's a load or a swap, it pulls from here and moves it to, to the element that you want. Perfect solution for a Webflow problem really good i've used it Used their solutions loads of times but what this does is that it doesn't live there so you don't have that flick that sometimes you get and then you don't have to cache that so it doesn't happen again it you can so if you can use a get request that is triggered on page load so it pulls it straight away so as the html is read it put it it it, it pulls the data that you want or the the HTML elements that you want into the right place. Another really cool thing is you can do, like you can have infinite scroll. So if you have a massive website and you're like, this web, like this homepage is huge and you want to infinitely scroll for whatever reason, but you don't want it to load at one time, you can just have the hero section load. And then on user scroll, the next section loads and on user scroll, the next section loads and all those things are living in different parts of your Webflow project and it means your website is super fast. Now, there's there's complications because um, when you pull Webflow HTML, like if you, you, you have to target a link, so it's the same as, as uh, changing a page. You click on the link, the href goes, finds that page and replaces the one you're in. So HTMX does the same thing, but if you target a full link in Webflow you're going to get the header you're going to get the body you're going to get the footer you're going to get like you're going to get everything so you can if you do it wrong you can duplicate even the webflow native JavaScript and if you do it wrong again you can make these du- duplications like infinitely so you have to make sure that that you're targeting elements within that html um oh my i was dog. about to say
0: there's <laughs> there's a dog snoring or and or dreaming in the background my now. dog
1: is <laughs> on that moment yeah my dog just started whining
0: <laughs> no i just in in my head i've like the the possibilities so i could have i could have um lots of different pages um with content on them and I could magically, on, on one button click, bring a variety of those pages or sections from those pages into the page I'm on, in a almost in a random manner, almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I could have, there could be all, there's like, you know, whether that be useful or not, I don't know, but it's the, the idea that I'm not constrained to just interacting with the content or utilizing the content on that canvas, on that page without, at the moment, without, if, as you said, if I want to go and access other content that might be relevant to that user journey, I normally have to take them to a new page. Whereas yeah. this, for example, say, say for example, a, a good example is um, um, sign up for a demo, for example. You see this button at the, um, the top of a lot of pages. And then that essentially you click on the button it goes to a page and you've got a form on there which allows you to sign up for a demo for the product you could have a situation where you want to put that button in lots of different places on the on the site and now with htmx you could have that button just straight away load up that that form or insert a little section that has that form on it and now you're not even dealing with Webflow components. You've essentially made your own little, completely flexible access it anywhere component. That as soon whenever I click on that button, I get this form appear as a nice little component that slots into wherever I am. That's now, a really like, good example. That would, so yeah. That.
1: If you were to do a modal currently on Webflow, you set it to display none, and basically, and it sits there. It's there on your page, display none, but it renders. What you can do with htmx is you can have a page called forward slash modal, and then you can have a button on your current page, like what you were saying there, that says click to get modal. And in that there's a get request, that's hx get and that equals forward slash modal. And that modal will, with a bit more, like I'm being quite simple here, but straight away what that will do is that modal will replace that whole page. But if you add a few more attributes, you'll be able to make that modal overlay on your page. And it doesn't live there initially. It lives there right now. And then the X button, instead of just hiding and displaying none in the modal, it gets rid of the modal. And where that can come really interesting is if you have huge amounts of CMS items and each of those have a pop-up like the way we would do it in Webflow now is that each button has its own version of that modal because it's true the CMS and we've duplicated and triplicated and we've got unlimited amounts of things but now you'd be able to request that modal from its own part of the website and potentially inject the correct data from the CMS into that based on the, on the button
0: click. Which is okay really yeah powerful. okay really powerful okay and here's another idea maybe this is doable or not so i click there's we've got a home page and i click on a google ad from a certain keyword and that by clicking on that ad it categorizes me as a certain certain customer type you know um like I'm going to a sports website then they're marketing sports athlete tracking software. And I click on the advert that's about soccer. So that, that attribute comes, well that um, value will come through on the URL. And could I use HTMX to bring through content related to soccer onto that page because I've got that value come through on the, on the URL. So if they come through on a on a, a Gaelic football URL, then I could say I could tell the HCMX um, function go, hey, look, they've arrived from this place, bring in this Gaelic football content. Um, Potentially,
1: yeah. Like if you have that, if the get request, yeah, you can add you can add URL parameters to your get requests, and if you have um, that set up correctly with the right. Pages builds that are related to those that hate that URL, then yes. I if yeah you could.
0: Okay, so like boiling it down then, the the excitement around HTMX, because there hasn't been a lot, you know, I saw that that tweet from Bryant there uh back in October. Um there hasn't been doesn't seem to be a little uh that much fuss around well there definitely isn't a lot of fuss around the webflow community now i wouldn't i'm not surprised there because the webflow community although has a lot of technically advanced um, developers involved we're not we don't talk a lot in technical terms like you would maybe if you're involved in the 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 code um, front end code community but what is it and where are we going to see the application of htmx that is really going to make Everyone sit up and go, Oh, wow. Like, wow. Okay, this this needs to be part of my stack. Because, you know, there's there has been recently a good amount of justified fuss probably around like the Wix Wix plus Webflow plus Zano, you know, you got the Black Peak guys doing it. You've got Wix Glenn has a used. course on it. Wix I keep saying Wixed <laughs> I Whizzed. I I told a client today I said, Oh we 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 could we could bring in Wix They must have looked at me thinking, Oh, what is he talking <laughs> about? Whizzed, sorry, yes, Wizzed. Um WW, WWX. Yeah, WWX. Um so you've got that a lot of talk around there. This feels like it's it runs in the same sphere as that, but should should webflowers Like pay interest, like pay attention to this HCMX, and start investigating it. Um, Is it worth their while, or is it an edge case where you're only really going to use it if you're building sort of web apps that have a lot more, you know, interactive deep functionality?
1: Well, isn't that the case with Wist? Like it's well, you know, that's that's the case with MemberStack. You know, so what I'm exploring at the moment is the Webflow membership plus Webflow logic plus HTMX. And the reason I'm exploring that at the moment is Webflow membership is server side. We were talking about that before, which means it's more secure than other um, gated software. And um, same with Webflow logic, it's limited, but it's, it's, um, it's secure. That provides post requests, or you can use you can do a lot of post and and connecting with um, webhooks using Webflow logic, and then potentially pulling that back into Webflow using HTMX. So that's what I'm checking out at the moment to see if that can that can work. For so currently with the product that I've built, I'm moving as much as my client side JavaScript over to HTMX, and. It's working. Working really, really well.
0: Okay. So maybe in the future when um, when the product your product launch and has settled down a bit, there might be room to explore those examples a bit more. Um, yeah, but one thing I've just seen on their website. Clusters. I've I've just seen something on their website. This is a HCMX website. Sorry guys, we're 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 kind of jumping all over the place here, but this is super interesting. They talk about CSS transitions. Mm. So using CSS transitions without JavaScript. So think of this. You have a, a card and it has a, a class of uh, card blue. When you roll over that or you click on a button, that class changes to class red. That can be done with htmx because then it will just use the css it's essentially replacing the html the which includes the class name and then you can have a trans a nice transition a bit of css nice transition that changes from blue to red or red to blue and you and you start to have a really powerful way of adding cool little animations based on css into your webflow site um without having to rely heavily on um an animation framework.
1: Yeah. Um Again, I've, it's, it's, I've done a little hard, bit of it's hard to explain the animation. This without, stuff. Yeah. It's it's kinda of hard to sell it as an animation tool because like Webflow animations are fucking class. So that's not what I'm exploring. I'm I'm looking at um it's basically a JavaScript a client side JavaScript replacement. And and how I can utilize that as much as possible.
0: Okay. I think I think I've got a fair idea. I've definitely got enough to put it on my investigative to-do list, and also to bug you for show me how this thing works in real life list. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it, maybe it's we need a. It, there, you said there's are there any anyone any web flows out there? Have they got tutorials on this, or is it still no, very new? Everything
1: that I've been looking
0: at is Django
1: based. So it's, and and it's it's super interesting. Like if you, so Django is like pretty much client side. It's not really front side, um, servers, uh, sorry, it's server side. Django is all server side. It's not really I I side. thought
0: it was like one of the movies that The Rock has appeared in. It sounds like one of yeah, those yeah. kind of movies. That...
1: <laughs> but it's a super cool framework. And what I've been doing is looking, learning how to use, htmx with django and reverse engineering that for webflow and that means i'm starting to think of webflow like fucking django which is kind of strange um (laughs) within, within the web within like the limitations that webflow have but it it's possible to give way more power to the webflow cms that's um what i'm kind of thinking and that means you're secure in the Webflow ecosystem.
0: Okay. So this, I think this is, this is really interesting from my, just, I'm just concepting just the last couple of episodes we've had, we've talked, you know, we talked about branching the other day and that was in the context of, um, non-enterprise customers, not having access to, to the branching functionality, but the way, the way we talked about it was, um, the development world is often a case of you just pick what framework you want to use. Sometimes you mash them together, you use them for different purposes, front-end, back-end, you know, across the full stack. But in essence, the developer can find interesting ways to to make one framework work from the back-end to the front-end and vice versa. And that, you know, you get new frameworks coming up. What we're talking or touching on here is that Webflow is slotting in a little bit to be part of that framework ecosystem so as we layer on you know devlink is a almost a brand term for that let's let's dance with react webflow can dance with react and now something like htmx comes along and it's like right that's another part of the stack and webflow is like slotting in here as with all these code solutions or big players on the code code solutions front and becoming a real, a real deal and a really useful part of that stack, which is, which is pretty cool. It's, it'll be interesting to see how it develops and whether it gets, you know, as people get more confident using the, the interchange between, you know, using HCMX, um, using Wizd, you know, having a back end on Xano, those kind of things make sure that Webflow stays current in that stack, um rather than being a, a replaceable part of that stack you know
1: yeah and and that's kind of where i think web HTMX fits in nicely because you don't need to leave the webflow published product whereas with a lot of the other ones you do and like um MemberStack so member stack gives you f- the members full use of the Webflow CMS using member stack. With Wiz you don't. Wiz completely bypasses the Webflow CMS, um, and they have their reasons for it. They use the third-party CMS first. This this is why I'm I'm liking the idea of of HTMX, is because it, it does, so far it fits quite nicely with the Webflow CMS, and being able to utilize the Webflow CMS to add functionality. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so, like, it's yeah, early, it's it. yeah, it's exciting. It's it's just I've only done a f- I've done I've done a fair bit actually, but it's it's early and it's like yeah, it, it act it it quacks like React, you know, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's it's all in Webflow, which <laughs> is the holy grail in my opinion. Like Devlink moving Webflow components out of Webflow is cool, but it's not. It's not the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is getting that functionality into Webflow. The way WizD have done it, the way they've brought that functionality
0: into yeah. Webflow. So, Brian, if you're listening, if you're still listening, <laughs> um, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on how it compares with your DevLink product. Aline thinks it might be the next best thing since sliced toast. Um, Cathartic, I said. But who knows? Maybe... <laughs> cathartic yeah for the yeah.
1: podcast
0: <laughs> Medi- meditative um okay well i thought that was a good session i learned a lot there and if it wasn't uh 20 past five i would probably jump into that now and spin up something and try and work out how it works but what i'll do i'll put it on my note and i will maybe investigate it tomorrow when i've got a bit of time so thanks for taking me through that and i'm sure the whatsapp group now will be not how how do i best sell this proposal to a client but what the hell does this error mean in the console when i'm running htmx aline tell me <laughs> yeah, help me yeah. please <laughs> right okay. until um until another week bye bye okay. bye bye, bye, bye. bye, 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 bye. <laughs>